gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and the rest of you stuffing your faces today because it's Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. It is Eat Sleep Podcast, read FM 99 of the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. I am Sean Hood. Dave Taylor is in Australia, believe it or not. He's out there uh, didgeridooing and uh, boomerang and wallabies and uh, the dingo ate my baby and gibbity gibbs. So uh, he'll be gone for a couple of weeks. I'll have a guess next week that this week it's just me with the holiday and everything. It was a little wonky to try and get somebody in here. And this week it is episode 126. It is time for Eat Sleep Podcast Repeats review of NXT TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series. And I'm going to give you a real quick rundowns of this. Uh, only reason I'm doing that is simply because I've done this twice already at this point. <laughs> and uh, it is, for some reason, I've lost the audio every time. So let's hope the third time is the charm. And I'm going to give you quick rundowns of these shows and what I thought about them. Uh, NXT TakeOver War Games was on Saturday night. Uh, I thought it was fantastic start to finish. It's a takeover event. You, you pretty much assume at a takeover event it's going to be amazing. Uh, you had the women's takeover war games match, first ever women's war games match. Uh, Mia Yim was out, so they replaced her with Dakota Kai, and it ended up being fan- well, I mean, just a fantastic match. If you didn't watch it, really, you should watch the whole show, but watch this match for sure. The women absolutely killed it. Uh, when it's De- Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley are in the, the ring, when it's Dakota Kai's turn to get in the ring, she turns and attacks Tegan Knox. I mean, an amazing heel turn, a vicious attack, and uh, just everybody played their parts beautifully. Um, it ended up being two-on-four for the rest of the match, and some people had an issue with Ripley's team winning two-on-four against the Heels, who should have had an easy win. It's the point we're supposed to watch them overcome adversity, folks, all right? So I didn't have an issue with it. I thought that everybody played their parts beautifully. Candice LeRae did a great job trying to bait everybody to her so that she could give Ripley a chance to get the win. And I just thought it was a well-told story, and they all did fantastic. Uh, Rhea Ripley is a star. She's an absolute star. I can't believe she's as new as she is in wrestling because she, without a doubt, is a absolute stud and kills it every time she's in there. Every time she's given a chance, she steps up. You also had the number one contenders match between Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, and Killian Dane. Uh, again, really good match. Not quite as good as previous, but you didn't have the bells and whistles, but really, really good. Dunn gets the win pretty predictable since he was going to be facing Cole the next night at Survivor Series. So and he was the only good guy in the match, so that made sense. But again, good match. Matt Riddle and Finn Balor. Finn getting a much-needed win in his return to NXT TakeOver events. Uh, but it, it was it was very good. I just expected Riddle to get more a little more offense in, but there's nothing wrong with it. Balor was established as a, as, as a dangerous comp- opponent and comes out looking strong. And, I mean, Riddle's, Riddle's Teflon at this point. He This loss is going to bounce right off him, and he'll be just fine. And then in the main event, <clears throat> the main event of the evening, the men's. Uh, War Games match, Team Champa, which was Tomasa Champa, Keith Lee, uh, Dominic Dijakovic, and a surprise uh, that we found out later in the match was Ke- uh, Kevin Owens. He showed up out of nowhere to be the fourth man. They took on the Undisputed Era. Lots of, of crazy action, of course, which you expect through this whole thing. Uh, some ridiculous spots. Uh, in the women's match, we had Io Shirai diving off the top of the cage. So, of course, the men had to do something like that. Ciampa gives an air raid crash to uh, Adam Cole off the top of the cage through some tables to pick up the win. All four guys, uh, eight guys, excuse me, end up looking great coming out of this despite the loss. The Undisputed Era still looks amazing. It just That's the thing about NXT events. Very frequently, the winners and losers don't matter because they're booked in such a way that the people losing still come out of it benefiting from the match. And that is such great storytelling. But overall, an amazing event. Uh, I give it a 9.5 out of 10. If you haven't watched it, I absolutely recommend that you do. That brings us to Survivor Series. 
and uh, give you a quick rundown of some of these matches uh, just because, uh, again, for the sake of brevity, there's a lot of matches on this card. And the, the pre-show, we had the cross-branded tag team battle royal and uh, ended up being Ziggler and Rude who'd pick up the win for SmackDown to put them on the board. The match was kind of a dud. It didn't really do much for me. There wasn't a lot to it. It was very clunky in a lot of spots, and you just didn't care. You just didn't care because guess what? Brand supremacy means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Uh, there are no stakes attached to it, and I would prefer in the next year that we don't do this anymore. There were too many matches where I had three people in the ring at one time, and eventually it loses its luster, and it gets hard to follow when you're talking about teams of five or six, and it's constantly with multiple people in the ring like that. It's just I'd rather just go back to teams that people select in general rather than a brand supremacy thing that means nothing. If you're not going to add actual stakes, stop doing it. Uh, up next was Akira Tozawa versus Leo Rush versus Kalisto. And uh, Leo Rush, the reigning cruiserweight champion, defends it successfully, giving NXT their first win of the evening. And uh, he looked good doing it. Uh, the match was fine. Not amazing, but fine. And uh, Rush came out looking good. So good for them. Up next was the tag team titles uh, three-way champions from each brand. Viking Raiders from Raw, Undisputed Era from NXT, and The New Day from SmackDown. Viking Raiders pick up the win there in a good tag team match. It was, it was energetic, lots going on, but man, I wish the Viking Raiders meant more. They just lost everything that made them special when they went from NXT to the Raw brand. They just, nothing there anymore. Finally, you have the uh, Women's Traditional Survivor Series match. That was a lot of fun. I said finally because I haven't done the other one yet, but <laughs> they had that one. And it was Team NXT, which was Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Tony Storm, and Candice LeRae versus uh, uh, Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, uh, Dana Brooke, Carmella, and Nikki Cross from SmackDown, and the Raw team, which was Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Natalia, and Sarah Logan. Fun match. It was, it was good. There was a lot going on. Uh, I was very entertained through most of it. Ended up coming down to Banks and Ripley when it looked like Shirai and Candice LeRae had been taken out earlier by an injury that looked fairly legit, actually. And then they came back out at the end of the match because they were never actually beaten. So they helped ensure Ripley gets the win. Ripley wins and NXT picks up another win. And they Ripley just, what a great weekend for her and Adam Cole alike. Those two just, could there be any higher, could they have gotten any higher like praise other than the way they were booked? You know, if that, that has to give you an idea of where their stock lies in the company at this point. Up next, another match you should go out of your way to see. AJ Styles versus Roderick Strong versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the secondary title uh, champions on each brand. And Roderick Strong picking up the win in, a, in an excellent match. Go ahead and watch this one, seriously. Uh, all three guys worked really well. Might be Shinsuke's best match in a long time. I'm not sure what motivated him. Maybe it was the addition to Strong. I'm not sure, but either way... Really, really well done. Styles getting the phenomenal forearm and then dumped out of the ring by Strong so he can pick up the win by pinning the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura with another win for NXT. Looked great. After that, it was an NXT title match. Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne. When you have these two in the ring, there's no way it's going to be bad, and it wasn't. They were fantastic. And seriously, if you if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you have seen these guys before and you think you know what you're going to see, just go see it again anyway because it is so good. The Panama Sunrise onto the ring apron was vicious looking, and at the same time, I'm sure perfectly safe, but wow, just what a great match between those two. Absolutely go watch it. Up next, the Universal Champion, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan under the stupid red lighting, which I need to go away because it just seems cartoonish. The best match The Fiend has had so far, he didn't look nearly as uh, ridiculously over-the-top super strong as he did in his matches with Seth Rollins, which defied all logic. Uh, he was kicking out at one after a ton of, of curb stomps and this, that, and the other thing. So it was nice to see him dial it back a little bit and give a little more. He's, now, he's, now he seems a little more 
hard, like, like he seems dangerous and hard to stop, but it doesn't seem cartoonish. Now, however, the red light still makes it look cartoonish. That being said, the match itself is enjoyable. The Fiend gets the win over Daniel Bryan, and I wouldn't mind this program continuing. The men's Survivor Series match came up next. Team Raw, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Shorty G, Mustafa Ali, and Braun Strowman, and Team NXT, Tomasa Ciampa, Walter, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. Really good action throughout the whole thing. If I have one gripe through the match, it was that Walter was eliminated too easily. Claymore kick from McIntyre, and that's it. Uh, fans booed, and rightfully so. It was it was not a good call. I'm sorry, Damian Priest probably should have been in that spot if anybody had to get eliminated that early from the NXT team, simply because he is not positioned as strongly as Walter is, and he Walter should be protected better than that. I understand they didn't do a lot to build up who Walter was ahead of time, but come on, that... I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't care for that part. But the rest of the match was really, really entertaining to watch. It comes down to Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Keith Lee. who's was the last man left for the NXT squad. He actually has a really good showing against both men and then pins Seth Rollins, which was fantastic. And then he has a really good showing against Roman Reigns before eating a spear and getting dropped. Awesome. I mean, just a really, really good match. And him and Reigns worked really well together. I wouldn't mind seeing that go back. And if you have any doubt about Vince McMahon's faith in Keith Lee, go watch this match and... That should be put to bed because he looked great in there. Seriously, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, go check it out. No holds barred match for the WWE Championship. Rey Mysterio challenging Brock Lesnar for that. Uh, not as much action as I would have liked. It was kind of slow. Again, Ray was or er, Ray was dominated by Brock Lesnar in the beginning, and then Brock uh, made it. Of course, Ray finds an opening and starts getting the putting the work to Lesnar uh, after uh, Ray's son comes down, and uh, they both deliver some uh, some. <laughs> low blows to Brock Lesnar, which seems to be his only kryptonite. They uh, start doing some work. The stereo 619s was pretty fun to watch, and then they both did frog splashes. They both go for the pin, literally, like Ray Sun laying on top of Ray on top of Lesnar. And it we created a really, like, that that miracle that they kept talking about seemed realistic for just a few seconds in that moment. I got excited, and then they took it away from me, which is fine. It's absolutely fine. I just It, it, amend, it ended immediately after that with an F5. So a little bit of an anticlimactic finish, but, you know, it was a seven-minute match, which is a marathon as far as Brock Lesnar is concerned these days. And that means that the <clears throat> main event of the evening was Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, and Bayley, the women's champions from all three brands. Uh, the match was good. It never got great to me. They tried to tell the story that Bayley was not a third wheel going into this, but Bayley felt like nothing but a third wheel in the match, and it just didn't get too exciting. I don't think the fans were ready for it to be the main event because it wasn't clearly positioned as such going into this show. So I think that threw people off as well. I think they were surprised when that ended up being the main event, so they weren't as hot for it as they could have been had it been positioned a little stronger uh, leading into it. I mean, the women had gotten plenty of time, but really, if you ask me, I thought the men's Survivor Series match was going to be the main event or maybe the Brock Lesnar title match just because it's Brock Lesnar. So I think people were a little caught off guard by that. And uh, you know, the match ends. Baszler gets the win, which is great. NXT finishes strong with four wins uh, to two to SmackDown to one to Raw. So NXT, the real winner here was that NXT came off looking really, really strong coming out of this, and that that was absolutely needed. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see where things go from here. It's kick-started some new storylines. I mean, just on Monday Night Raw, we saw some new stuff developing with Seth Rollins and some other guys as a result. So I'm really into uh, to where this is going to go from here. Overall, I'm going to give Survivor Series an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I think it was the best WWE pay-per-view I've watched in a long time, and it was more enjoyable than I expected a Survivor Series to be at this point in their history. So until next week, which will be episode 127, and I will have a guest for that one, I promise you. 
Uh, make sure that you are listening uh, everywhere you can. Of course, you go FM99.com and 1069thefox.com. Right under the media tab, ESPR. That's where you click, and it takes you to our SoundCloud page with all of our episodes. You can check that out anytime you would like uh, while you're celebrating your Thanksgiving. Maybe listen to it. Why don't you go back and find some classic episodes? Great Balls of Fire, for some reason. Very popular episode. I don't know why. And, of course, you can find us on all your major podcasting apps. Just search ESPR Wrestling and uh, type that in. Give us a five-star rating and review and subscribe and tell your friends, please. We greatly appreciate it. And interact with us online. We love hearing from you. Uh, make sure uh, you email us. I almost give you my personal email. Let's not do that. Uh, ESPR at FM99.com. Or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at ESPR99 or Facebook.com slash ESPR99. So until next week, remember, it's Thanksgiving, so you're probably already eating. So you're, you're part of the way there already. So now you just got to sleep, podcast, and repeat. Repeat.